Okay, welcome back to the Inner Calling Podcast. This is your host, Amanda Nafash, and today we are joined by Alexa Bronco. She is so cool. She is not only a celebrity makeup artist, but she is also a part-time witch. Welcome, Alexa. Hello, what's up, Amanda? Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for those of you listening, uh, in back in October, one of my best friends and I hosted our first craft and vending fair. It was called Manifest Season of the Witch. And um, we were lucky enough to have Alexa vend at it. And that's how I met her. And at the end of it, we had a conversation about just how cool of a person she was. And we talked about <laughs> how she absolutely needed to be on the Intercalling podcast. So um, Alexa, I'm just going to start off with a, a pretty big and broad question. And I know that this is going to take a bit of your time to answer, but um, just tell us a little bit about what it is that you do right now. Well, I am a Virgo, which means that I have multiple jobs and interests. <laughs> so by day, I am a celebrity makeup artist. I work for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. I've been there for about two years and I've been doing makeup for about six years now. Um, and then as well, I am also a small business owner and witch, and I own the Bruja's Tomb, uh, which is my witchy wares and spooky goods shop. So I am, yes, I'm a celebrity makeup artist and a witch. <laughs> so cool. So um, just to, for the audience to kind of get a picture, because they're not going to see us, they're only going to hear us. Um, you are, are you 24? Yes. Yes. I, am. Okay. I thought we were the same age. <clears throat> okay, so you're 24 and you are working for two years already on The Late Show. And yes. how, how long have you owned your own business as well? Um, I'm in my second year now, so a little okay. over a year. That's really incredible. So you did them like sim- like right around the same time? Yeah, I, um, I, so I've been doing makeup for six years. I landed my current job about in October of 2019. And then I started Bruja's Tomb in August of 2020. So okay. about a year later, right okay. in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like me, I started my business June of 2020. So um, tell us a little bit about um, how you got into makeup and when you got into makeup. So I have always been really into Halloween. I had a childhood love of Halloween. And my mom, when she was younger, wanted to be a makeup artist. And so she used to put us into like really elaborate costumes and we took it basically really seriously. And so that is kind of where I started. And so come around ninth grade, I was a zombie for Halloween and I just Googled like how to be a zombie and the, the ball just kept rolling. I was like, this is so much fun. I love this. And so I actually started as a special effects makeup artist. I did only special effects for the first like three or four years of my career. Um, like prosthetics, monsters, aliens, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I started in for pretty much all of high school. And then I went to makeup designery in New York. Uh, Following it, it was a six-month program. Um, I graduated when I was only 18, and I just started working. And I I just launched myself right into the film and television industry, and I've been there ever since. And there's a lot, I'm just, I was like, there's a lot to the story. So we'll dive into it. Yeah. Yeah. It was not a smooth, it wasn't obviously a smooth ride and it was a, it was four years before I got my current gig and then two years here. Okay. So, um, this is like, th- sorry, I'm like, whoa, so many things. So <laughs> I'm getting so many ideas for questions for you. Cause it's so cool. So, um, I know that, um, working in any, performing arts industry you have to deal with hearing no a lot 
Um, and I know we, we talked about that earlier before we started recording. Um, so I want to hear from you, like, I guess the first time that you heard yes. And also I want to hear like, what kind of kept you going throughout all those no's? Yeah. So getting to be, I mean, I did not get to my, the, where I am right now easily. It was four years of high school because I knew what I wanted to do from ninth grade and then, uh, six years now in the industry. So the first, I can't even fathom, like think back to the first time I heard no, um, because it was so frequent and so often I was to go into the very first chapter of my life, I was bullied really badly in school. Like I'm sure so many others and especially artists and, you know, us cool, interesting people. Yeah. Um, so I was bullied really badly. And so I was being told no for a pretty long time. I was being called a freak and a weirdo and all of these things. And what really kept me going was my assurance in myself. Honestly, I was a, I am a very strong-willed person. I have, if you look at my um, birth chart, it's a lot. Um, I'm, I have like a Virgo stellium in the 10th house. Mm-hmm. And so I was just not going to let anyone tell me no. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was my biggest supporter by far. Um, as I had mentioned, she wanted to be a makeup artist when she was younger and just doing beauty and stuff. And she never got the opportunity to, because to, my grandpa just would not let her. So when I started expressing an interest in makeup and Halloween, she was fully supportive of it and she loved it. And she thought it was like cool and unique and interesting, but not everyone felt that way. My guidance counselor was one of those people. My dad was one of those people. He's supportive now, but I mean, it was, it was a journey to get here. Right. Um, And then so many of my peers, like I was constantly labeled a freak and a weirdo. I mean, obviously I did not dress or look like everyone else. And then on top of it, I was gluing things to my face and like uploading photos of it on Facebook. And and like, just, I mean, 15, 16 year olds did not know how to unpack that at the time. Mm -hmm. Also now like YouTube is a thing. And like the make, like there was that whole like makeup era of YouTube. Like that was not a thing when I was like, I was coming up that kind of launched when I was already in my career. Mm -hmm. So like people were really confused about what exactly I was doing. And they just thought I was like a total freak and a weirdo. Like I showed up just like, I like, Imagine my Halloween costumes, like I would show up to school in. <laughs> like I was Twisty the Clown for Halloween in 12th grade. And like I showed up to school in a bald cap, like, and oh like I handmade them. Yeah, like I, I did it myself. I handmade the mask. Like I never, it was, I was never going to be an easy time for me. But what kept me going throughout it all, honestly, was it was partially my mother being like, you know, no cursing, but F these people and like, she's very New York Italian. So she's very like the, you don't need these people. Like they're stupid. Like you're so much bigger than these people. Yeah. And then I had honestly like a core, like gut feeling that was honestly driving me. Like I knew in my soul that I was going to succeed. I knew that I was going to be a film and TV makeup artist. Like I knew that I could make it happen. I knew it was possible. And Every time someone told me no, it pissed me off so bad that it just made me do it faster. Yeah. Like the reason why I probably got here quickly is because I was told no so many times because it is the, for me, it was a driving force. Like I was so, it made me so angry. I hate being told what I can't, like, do not tell me what to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
that's amazing. So, um, when, when you talk about that, that gut feeling, that's, that's like what we, we talk about all the time. That's like the bread and butter at inner calling, because, um, I say the definition of inner calling is when what you do to make a living makes you come alive. And, um, that's kind of, that's like what it's all about when like, you're trying to figure it out when you're trying to discover what it is that like you are meant to do, you're meant to, you know, spend your days doing, um, you kind of need to have that feeling that like everything, everything lines up in your body. And you're like, I have to keep going. Like, there's no, nothing's going to stop me from doing this. So, um, it's so cool that you had that feeling so young and that you were able to like really hone in on that skill so young. Um, so what was your first job doing makeup? Um, my first like professional job doing makeup, I worked at a haunted house up in Sleepy Hollow, New York. And I actually ended up working there for like four or five years. I like have it with such nostalgia. I loved it. It was called Horseman's Hollow. Mm -hmm. And I worked there for like, well, I were, it was, a, it was a haunt, but so it, I worked there for like two, you know, a month or two right. every October. And that was my first professional, like quote professional job Yeah. in that, um, it was like a legit production and I got it. I started makeup school in September and then I started this in October, mm -hmm. but my first big tuna job um, is also one of the first like detrimental point, like lowest points of my career that I will now weave in. Cause I think this is a really important story, okay. especially for any like young, like women or like female presenting people in the audience. Mm -hmm. So like, obviously I mentioned that I am a, or was, well, I'm especially, I'm, I'm a makeup artist now. Like I count myself as a makeup artist cause I do everything. Mm -hmm. But when I was solely a special effects makeup artist, I was um I got my first big internship working with this makeup artist that does um like all of these Netflix shows mm -hmm. and he I was working with him for about like four or five months well about six months at the time I got fired but I worked there for like you know four or five months consistently and then he kind of stopped calling and I was like what's going on um so basically I was being trained to be this other guy's um, replacement when he left. Mm -hmm. And then one day I came into work and there was another guy in the shop. And I was like, um, hi, like what's going on? And then he took me aside and he like sat me down alone. So of course there's like no evidence to this, right. but he fired me because he said that he didn't feel comfortable having me in the shop anymore because I was around too many chemicals. And he said that ovaries are sensitive and he didn't feel comfortable having me in there anymore. And I said, well, you know, testicles are just as sensitive. And he was like, no, they're not scientifically. And I was like, I don't think that's science. And wow. he went back and forth with me and I was like, I'll wear a respirator. Like I'll sign an NDA. I'll do like, I'll sign away like something that says like, I don't like, I'm not going to hold you liable. Mm -hmm. Like this is like, I, I was 19. I was like, this is like my in, like, this is yeah. my tuna and you're taking it from me and he was like I'm sorry like I just don't feel comfortable having you in the shop anymore and I was fired and I didn't work again for like I don't even know how many months that was in November I don't even know what year it was like 2017 mm -hmm. or 2016 I was fired in November and I thought like my whole career was over this was like the only person I knew in the industry. The film industry is very like network. Like you have to network to kind of get into it. Sure. So I didn't know anybody else. Like there was no in, there's no job board for the film industry. Right. Like I did not know what I was going to do. And so like that winter was really lame. I had to bartend. 
I was just doing like little side jobs for extra money. I think I did like Uber. Um, and then come around March of the following year. So that was November. Then in March, um, I applied to Sephora. I replied to four Sephoras. I got four rejection letters and I was like, this is the end of my life. Like I can't, I don't have my film career. I'm getting spot. Like I'm getting rejected from Sephora. Like I'm just bartending. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I, that ended up driving me to find out that the Lion King on Broadway apparently accepted non-union applications. Hmm. And so I was like, because I got so upset that this guy had ruined my life. And then it's like, if Sephora didn't, if Sephora accepted me, I would not have gone looking for Lion King basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I applied to Lion King in like April or May of that year. I didn't hear anything for a few months. I forgot. I even submitted my application. And then a few months later, Lion King called me and was like, we want to bring you in for an audition. And I worked at Lion King for a year and a half. Wow. And I met my current boss at Late Show at Lion King. So I guess the moral of the story is that I want to share this because obviously it's like a lot of, I think, female presenting people can understand, uh, can sympathize with it. But then as well, it's a great example of thinking that you have like no, nothing else, being told no in such an extreme way. Mm -hmm. And then it all ending up being for the better. Yeah. Because if he didn't fire me, I wouldn't have a plot. Like I would not be where I am now. If he didn't fire me, I wouldn't have discovered the things I did along my path now. And I probably wouldn't have found my true passion, which is now the Bruja's tomb. So it's, it's just, yeah, it's an inter- it's a, it's a story I wanted to share. Yeah. Never let anyone tell you no and never let anyone tell you that you can't do something or that you shouldn't be in a space because you're a certain kind of way Mm -hmm. because they're wrong. And you know what? Now he's eating his words because I was accepted into the union and I'm going to be a union, you know, brother right alongside him. Yeah. So tough nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing that. That's really, that's a really awesome story. Um, I wanted to, I, you said audition for Lion King. Mm -hmm. So what is that process like? Cause I'm, yeah, so I was a makeup artist and I didn't know that that was, I mean, it makes sense, I guess. But so mm-hmm. for me, that was, I had to come in with the department head and who's like the show, like, you know, makeup department head mm-hmm. and the current makeup artist for, so like in Broadway, you have tracks. Mm-hmm. So like I was, I was auditioning for the Rafiki track. Okay. And so I came in uh, and I had to, why I'd watched the makeup department head who's been doing this makeup for at the time, 26 years, um, do it on the makeup artist that's been doing it for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to watch her do half of Rafiki's face and then I had to replicate it on the other half of her face. Oh my God. That's crazy. One of the most stressful moments of my life. My whole (laughs) Broadway experience is one of the most stressful moments of my life. Broadway is a stress show, Mm -hmm. but, um, that was, yeah, I was like, this This woman has been doing this for 26 years. This other woman has been doing this for like 10 or 12 years. And I'm just supposed to like show up and copy it. <laughs> like most stressful interview of my life. But apparently I did it well because I was called back. And then I was like formally trained on the track. And I worked there for, uh, about, I was a swing. So I wasn't there every day. I was like 
a swing come. It's basically like a cover. Mm-hmm. So I was there maybe uh, probably like four to eight times a month. Um, and I worked there for, yeah, like a year and a half. That's so and cool. it was one of the, I mean, it's, it, it opens so many doors for me working at, I mean, working Broadway, but then specifically the Lion King. Like once I had that on my resume, you just need that one key. And that's mm-hmm. what that other guy, that's why when that other guy like dropped me, I was like, no, like, yeah. you were my in, but he's replaced by something so much better, which was the Lion King on Broadway, which was just honestly so cool. It's also like one of the most iconic shows on Broadway. Yeah, literally. And I feel like it's just like, uh, it's just validation that like everything happens in divine timing and like the universe, you know, knows what it's doing when it places things in our path when, when it does. Um, Absolutely. And I think that that's something we should, we should kind of like dive into now is just like, how has your, well, I guess I should, I shouldn't even assume that. When did witchiness and spirituality become a, a part of your life? So I've always been, um, very intuitive and I've always been very interested in witchcraft and like the dark arts, like Mm -hmm. from a very young age, I, I, you can't see me, uh, listeners, but I am fairly goth. Um, maybe not in this moment because we're having a zoom interview, (laughs) but I am fairly goth. If you look behind me, there's all this stuff. Um, so I've always been into like the spooky stuff. And so I spent most of my elementary school years reading. There's this one specific book that was in my elementary school. And my teacher, uh, my librarian, ended up banning me from taking it out. Um, it was called The Salem Witch Trials. It was a black book. I ended up buying a copy of it. Now I have it on my shelf all these years later. <laughs> um, and it's a picture of a burning noose. And I don't oh. know why it was in elementary school <laughs> library, to be quite honest. But yeah, I, of course, found it, like, right, like, in the beginning of elementary school, and I just was obsessed with it. Like, I would pour over that book, um, just all, just all, I would take it out every week. Like, you had to take out a book every week, and I would take it out, and then I got my ass banned from uh, <laughs> taking it out, because she said that I had to learn about other things, and I was like, I really don't need to. And then I chose Titanic, because if I couldn't have, you know, a small number of people being murdered, <laughs> I needed hundreds dying on the ship. Oh, boy. So, so that's where like I really started getting just like I learning like loving like learning about magic because that book did have a section in the back of it called like modern day witchcraft and Mm, then it talks about specifically Lori Cabot and like the modern day witches who actually live like who are actually witches who live in Salem and so that is the beginning of me like the roots are set like the roots are being the seeds are being planted mm-hmm. it takes root when i have my spiritual awakening in niagara falls when i was 19 okay basically i went to niagara falls with my family so like now I, like my practice is very naturey and that's because i went uh, to niagara falls with my family and i was so overwhelmed with its beauty and its power like i I literally had a spiritual awakening. We, I don't know if you've ever been to Niagara Falls, but if you Mm -hmm. do, you can take like the boat into the center of the Horseshoe Falls. Yes. Which is like the Canadian side. So we went on it and like, as soon as we pulled into the Horseshoe Falls, it's this like, to the listeners who have never been there, if you, once you pull into the Horseshoe Falls, they're so massive, like even living and working in New York City, like paling in comparison, these buildings are paling in comparison to these falls. Mm -hmm. And on top of it, it's this rushing water. And it's like, I could just, I just, in that moment, I felt the earth's power and it felt as if literally the earth was speaking to me. 
And it was, I now know, like now that I know my Claire's, like this was a moment of, I think, clairsentience mm-hmm. and claircognizance. Because mm-hmm. I, I, liter- I felt what they wanted me to know. And wow. I just knew it. And what it was, was that it, be, it that was the awakening that basically made me realize that God is real. It's their name might not even be God. It could be God, it could be deity, it could be spirit, spirit. it could be just like this a higher power is real. Mm-hmm. It's so big. And the earth is our best rep is like our closest representative of that energy mm-hmm. because like this energy like created earth. And so that's when I was like, okay, I'm like not a Catholic anymore <laughs> because I was like, I was, and also because when you're standing, if you're in the middle of falls, like if you ever read the Bible, it looked so much like when Moses parts the red sea, like I felt like, cause it's, they're so big, these horseshoe falls that when you're sitting, you're standing in the middle of it, you can't see anything else. You can't see the casinos and the boats and everything. Like literally your vision from front to sides, like all everything, all you can see is these falls. And the mist is so thick. I couldn't even see like my family. It literally was like, I was alone with like mother. Wow. And so that was like, when I was like, okay, I feel called to actually like learn more about this and like do something about it. And I, you know, remembering back to my childhood years of witchy and remembering that Wicca was this like nature-based religion. Mm -hmm. So I, that's when I start learn like going on Google, I found a local coven that was a Wicca coven. Um, I went to some of their classes and that's when I started, you know, reading books. And that's when I start to like learn about witchcraft. And this is also before witch talk. I feel like I'm aging myself, but like I'm 24. This is, this is like six years ago. This is like before TikTok. This is like when Vine yeah. existing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so crazy how fast like the things change. Yeah. And I totally, I feel what you're saying. Cause it was like back then, like this was like not popular a thing yeah like it was hard to use but it was like yeah like I for me like I found this coven and it was like like there wasn't a lot of people in it and it was Mm -hmm. like hard to kind of find them and they're all like we're like older women and so it's like yeah this is like these are the dark times this is when you had to like find people through like basically like Facebook or like my shit like so that's when, yeah, that's when I, um, well, that's part of how I like started learning. And then now my practice has expanded much like for far beyond Wicca. So just like caveat, I'm not a Wiccan. I'm very inspired by it, but that's like kind of the like start, like what started my uh, spiritual journey. Okay. Wow. That was a really powerful story. Thank you for sharing that. I know. Um, I feel like I keep, I, I'm sorry if I keep like, I feel like I keep telling these rent like really big, like I keep, like, I keep dropping massive chunks of information on you. No, that's exactly what this is about. I love it. This is awesome. Um, I think, uh, like it's so important to talk. So like I've, I've shared a little bit with, um, the, the listeners I've shared a little bit about how I spirituality has really changed my life and, um, changed my, my career goals for myself. Um, just sort of it, but really all it did was just make me realize how many options I actually do have. Um, and I think that that's, what's so amazing and what's so cool about being able to have such different passions like you do, um, is just the ability to have both and like be satisfied with both. So, um, I wanted to ask you, what is that balance like for you? Like, do you have to kind of like mentally switch gears when you're going to like, let's say you're going to vend a fair, like you did with me at manifest at Bruja's tomb. Like, do you have to be like, okay, I'm not a makeup artist right now. Or can you just like 
balance both all the time. I am, I honestly, I show up as my whole and full self everywhere I am, which can be a good and a bad thing. I mean, it can make work a little interesting sometimes because, um, I definitely, I definitely go like, I definitely, you know, with talking spiritual stuff in like the environment I'm in, mm-hmm. you know, like it could be questionable to some of my more Christian coworkers to oh, put sure. it lightly. Mm-hmm. But I, I find myself again, I feel like, I feel like if you looked at my chart, things would make sense, but I'm not good. En- I'm not good enough with it to describe it to you. Mm-hmm. But like, I am, I am a very, like, I feel like big person. Like, I feel like I have a lot, like I have a lot of personality, I have a lot of energy. And so it's very difficult for me. And I don't have a desire to almost like compartmentalize myself. Mm -hmm. So like when I go to work, I mean, I don't, obviously I'm not like going off all the time. Like, I don't like, I talk less about it, obviously when I'm at work. Yeah. Because I also am Scorpio rising So I definitely have boundaries. So like, I don't talk a lot to my coworkers about like my personal life, honestly, Mm -hmm. because I like to draw boundaries and I like to kind of have like my work life, my Bruja's tune life, and then like my personal life. Sure. But at the same time, I do bring my whole self because like, I mean, I'm getting, like, I'm getting certain people like intention candles for Christmas and like, I still have to talk about things because it's just like, it's sometimes it's also hard like to talk about that balance and how I do it. Like sometimes it is hard when you know there's so like as a spiritual person, like knowing that there's so much more out there. Like yeah. I feel like once, you know, Niagara Falls literally speaks to you, it's <sighs> difficult to have to like go back to work. Yeah. And my dad is like such a Capricorn. He's like, I don't understand how it's difficult. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I it's difficult because it's just like when you know that you could just like go to the woods and talk to a tree and it'll just like give you all of this energy, it's hard to like get in your car and like drive to the city and like be on set for hours. Right. And I'm not complaining because I absolutely love what I do and I'm super happy to have both. And that's why I kind of have to integrate them mm-hmm. because yeah, it's difficult to, uh, it would be difficult for me to just like be in that mode and not like when I know there's like, I regularly like use my lunch hour at work to read tarot. Like sometimes I'll do like my Instagram live polls, mm-hmm. like, during a break in the workday at work and I'll go to like a local park and sit down and do them because it's like I still need to always be surrounded by it like I do have crystals on my station at work okay and my station has like oddities and stuff it's all still very on brand I love it good that's awesome I dress like a dark witch every day to work like that's so amazing it's not very separate except for I think I just I tone it down a little bit in what I talk about. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. and I think you, you had asked me something about like how I balanced it. Yeah. Um, so I, I honestly, I'm a unique character in that I have like so much energy that I don't, I don't like, it's not difficult for me to balance it. I'm blessed in that way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the way that I do balance it is that, so I'm really lucky in that we shoot Monday to Thursday and then I have off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I balance it by like, my days are literally balanced. Like I spend four days a week doing makeup and like being a TV makeup artist. And then I spend three days a week being a witch. And that's, I'm basically where it's like, that's that audio. I work 24 seven. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. Like I spend four days a week doing makeup and three days a week doing Bruja's tomb, but I'm really happy with that because I'm a Virgo and I need to always be moving. Mm -hmm. But, um, 
so I, yeah, I balance it in that way. And then also like when I'm at work, like I said, like I have crystals at my station, I still keep myself very true to myself in, in both aspects, because then also like in my Bruja's tomb life, like how do I bring in my artistry? Like in Bruja's tomb, I do have a section of my business called my spooky goods section. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, that's like the art that I create on like tote bags, t-shirts, stickers, like stuff like that. Whereas the other half is like witchy products. Because again, like I am an artist as well and like a creator as well as a witch. Mm-hmm. So in my business, like I like to, when I have an idea, like draw something up and then be able to like put it on a tote bag and sell it. Yeah. So they are connected and yet not. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like really incredible how you are able to express yourself like fully in the most authentic way in like all areas of life. That's like really impressive and like amazing. And I want to like, I don't know. I just, I'm like, that's, I'm astonished at how awesome that is just because for so many reasons. I mean, I think like, you know, like we've, we've talked about it. You've talked about it, how like, like women in industries, a lot of times are made to feel like we need to be smaller, you know, like we need to kind of like hide parts of ourselves. And, and I think in response to that, you, you kind of showed more of yourself, which is just like really brave and amazing and obviously rewarding. So that's a sign to the audience that if that's someone that you are, you should absolutely be showing more of yourself and not less (laughs) should not be hiding. Yeah. No, like I always, I always tell people like you, like, I like to tell my story and I like to be so honest with all of it. And like, Mm -hmm. kind of, I I'm very much an open book and like, I'm very like, like I said, like I'm a lot, I'm a makeup artist. I'm a witch. I'm talkative. I'm like passionate. Like, I, I feel like I'm just like a lot. You would mm-hmm. think I have more fire in my chart than I do, <laughs> but, um, I have, I'm like a lot. And so I, I hope that I can be almost like an example to people. I hope that people like by telling my story, there's somebody who's able to listen to it and say like, I too can have that. And I too can ha- like be that powerful yeah. because at the end of the day, like nobody granted me this power. Nobody told me like it was okay to fully be myself. Mm-hmm. I carved this path for myself because it was what I wanted for myself. Yeah. And if we were to go into like, I don't know if you're into like the Jungian archetypes at all, but like, I'm very much like creator energy because it's just like, I see a path that's other people don't see and then I make it happen and I create it and I don't say that in like a holier than wow that way I say that and like I hope that listeners can be like I can do that too like you too can just see a different path and do it you don't need anyone to tell you that you can do it I had very very few people supporting me when I was like I want to be a special effects makeup artist everyone was like how are you going to pay your bills like I don't want you to live at home forever Um, are you going to be able to support yourself? Like you're not going to do anything if you don't go to college, shout out to my guidance counselor. Mm -hmm. Um, so like everyone told me, no, it would, with very few exceptions, like my mother and stuff, but I really was like, no, like who, like, cause you don't have to live my life. Like those people who are telling, you no, Mm -hmm. they don't have to live your life. You have to live with the decision at the end of the day. So if somebody, your guidance counselor, your parent, your friend is telling you that you can't do something, ask yourself, does it really affect them? Or is it you who's going to end up having to be the one who does it? So like I told my dad, I was like, you want me to go to college, but I'm not going to be happy going to college every day. I'm going to be miserable for four years just to make you happy. Mm -hmm. Instead, I did what made me happy. I went to makeup school, six months, $30,000 in the toilet. Um, and then just 
started working. And those four years ended up being so much more valuable because literally the year that all my friends graduated from college, Mm -hmm. AKA the year that I would have graduated from college, if I didn't drop because I was miserable, Mm -hmm. um, was the same year that I landed the late show four years. Wow. So that ended up being so much more worth it. And that's, again, it was like, I, there have been a, a few moments in my life when I've kind of, I even like, I can get really emotional just like thinking about how grateful I am that this has all turned out in such a like, you know, circular, like cyclical way. Sure. But one of those was when I landed the late show and when I got like my badge, like the badge that had my name on it and my face and it's like CBS season mm-hmm. five or whatever. And I would like, I literally showed it to my dad and I was like, I was right. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I was right. Like I told you, and I knew that I could do it. And like, now I did look like, look, I did it. Yeah. And so I've had a few moments like that, like over the years, um, especially working at late show. Like every time I meet a childhood hero, it's like one of those moments mm-hmm. like I, where I'm like, I'm so happy. I listened to my gut and myself and like every Thanksgiving, my family makes fun of me. Cause I do like the Snoop Dogg speech where I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm grateful for myself uh-huh. because I am honestly, I'm, and that's why I'm going to say like, honor yourself. Like the biggest takeaway from this, is, like honor yourself and what you want, your desires, because you're the one who has to live with it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. I really think that they, especially the young listeners um, who are just kind of exploring for the first time, like who they want to be and who they are. um, I think they really need to hear that more and more because less and less people are telling them that. And it's, it's, it's a problem. Um, They need to, they need to honor themselves. They need to like, I think that we all need to have that time where we can say what we're great at without feeling like that's a bad thing. Like we need to be embarrassed by that or we need to, you know, like, like sure be humble, but there's also a point where you need to be like, yeah, but I, I'm great. And I can do that. Cause if you don't have that confidence then you're not going to go anywhere with it, you know, like you can have a dream, but if yeah. you don't believe you can follow through with it, you're not going to do it. No, I, and I've met, I mean, I went to makeup school with, I think there was like 20 other people in my class I am one of the only people doing it. And when I say one of, I'm the only person who does makeup full-time professionally. Mm -hmm. There's maybe two or three people that do like weddings Mm -hmm. and nobody else does it at all anymore. Yep. So out of a class of 20 people or 21 people, only one person is doing it full-time. Three people are doing it part-time. That's like 17 people that are not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, and like, again, we all had the same opportunity in education So it's like at the end of the day, it does come down to like personal willpower and like the doors that you're going to open for yourself. For sure. And like what you just, yeah, like going after it for yourself because you can do it. It's not, it's not this like impossible. Like I always, I used to say all the time, I only have two goals in life to meet Lady Gaga and to win an Academy Award. And I've already met Lady Gaga twice. That would be my Real Housewives tagline. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so like, because it's like, it's just like, do like people like you might think like someone might be listening to this and be like, I want to win a Tony or I want to win a Grammy or I want to do something. And people tell you like, it's impossible. Like it's not everyone who won an Academy award started somewhere. They started working as an intern or a production assistant or something. And it's the same thing with me. Like I, I got out of makeup school. I worked at a haunted house. Yeah. And now I'm at the late show. And I'm like at the late show, I'm eligible to be nominated for an Emmy. Like 
Well, actually, this year I have an award. Actually, I, I didn't even mention that. I won a P. Uh, we won a Peabody Award um, this year, and I actually got like a physical award, and that was like one of the moments where I was like, I was right, like yeah. because it's like again, like it's totally possible. Like, did I exit high school and be like, I'm gonna win a Peabody? Uh, no, but I did it, and it happened, and yeah. it's freaking awesome. That's incredible. Um, I want to ask you this question and it's not because it's not to kind of say that you should be changing anything, but I just know that someone like you definitely has more goals for more things in the future. And so I want to kind of end with asking what is next for you? Do you have a, like a career goal that you want to achieve next? This is an interesting question because if you would ask me this, like, two, three, like two years ago, right before COVID, mm-hmm. I would have told you that my ultimate career goal was to win an Academy Award. Okay. And that's been my goal since I was in ninth grade. Really interesting thing happened, COVID. And I spent a lot of time talking to trees mm-hmm. <laughs> in the woods and getting really, really into my practice and becoming just really dedicated and real, you know, real, that, that's where the Bruja's tomb was born. Right. Was the need to share my my vision with the world mm-hmm. as opposed to like I've gotten this far creating my vision and living it for myself and now I want to share it with the world so what I see next for myself is I think that and if you're if you're listening to this and you work with me no you didn't but <laughs> I would prob- probably retire from makeup I will probably retire from makeup in the next four years like before I'm, I'm 24 right now. So before I'm 30, I'm not gonna give myself an exact year. Um, but I'm thinking that I'll retire for makeup before I'm 30 and then do Bruja's tomb full time because I see now for myself an even bigger picture. I thought the Academy award and I'll win an Emmy before I'm just like, this is a fact. I will win an Emmy before I retire. You will. So I will, cause I've done everything else. Like I always tell people, I'm like, this isn't a question. It's when I win the Emmy, not if. Yeah. And tell yourself that to people listening. Mm-hmm. But um, so I was like, I feel like I've I've lived such a full and beautiful career that, like you said, like I'm ready to achieve the next goal. Mm-hmm. And the next goal would be a major award. And that is my next goal in my career. But after that, I feel as if I've achieved and I can retire from that and now start with something else. And that's why I'm building up the Bruja's tomb right now, because my ultimate goal is to um, build the Bruja's tomb up into my full-time job where I'm actually able to be running like multiple employees, like much bigger than just a small business. And then being able to actually feature other witches and other artists within the store. And then as well, moving into a more like, I don't like, I don't want to use the word coaching, but into a more like, I am the sage. Like that's my main archetype. The creator is my secondary. So I really like to share. Yes. Like I would love to want, because I have so much to offer in what, by way of both like life advice and then witchy advice. Mm -hmm. I would love to then become like my business is being run by basically like my corporate, my corporation. And then my, um, I have like, I hate to say Tony Robbins cause he sucks. (laughs) <laughs> but you know how he has like his products and then he's yes. like one-on-one retreats. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like that, because it's like at the cool, witchy, non-creepy version, mm-hmm. because I see a much, I, I see the, I basically received the download one day from a tree. 
yeah. as one does, <laughs> that the universe wanted me to take on the mantle of high priestess of mother nature. And I don't work that into my branding a whole lot right now because I hate referring to myself as that because it feels, it feels like people are going to ask me where the paperwork is and I can't be like <laughs> a tree fairy told me to tell you that. Yeah. But so I'm, I'm trying to build up that authority within my brand first. Mm-hmm. But basically the, the, like I saw with my plain eyes, um, these nature spirits, they were these awesome sparkly white things. This is a really long answer to your question, by the way. Okay. <laughs> but, um, I saw these, these sparkly things in the trees and they, I, I, my ability is claircognizance and they to, like told me anyone listening to this, who's not witchy is going to be like, she's crazy. But these <laughs> tree spirits told me that they had a bigger vision for me and that basically the universe and mother earth wants me to share her message and to basically like usher in a new path. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like right now the spiritual community is very Wiccan or very deity or very witch talk. And there's just a greater truth out there. That's just so much more expansive and so much more inclusive. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once people wake up to that, not only will everyone's lives change in the way that mine has, like I like, I'm able to live this fulfilled, beautiful life because I know this like greater truth, mm-hmm. but then also like it would heal our world because like the, if people are working with mother nature, like you have to honor her. Like the yeah. environment is extremely important to me. I haven't spoken that like part of what was transpired, like given to me in Niagara was that I needed to um, become much more active, like environmentally and like in the eco, like in the ecosystem, because mm-hmm. we can't really work with and work with mother earth and call ourselves witches when we're not like actively working to keep her alive and well. Yeah. Yeah. So to a long answer to your short question, where do <laughs> I see, what do I see for myself? A lot. Yeah. But <laughs> so I see for myself an Emmy in the makeup career. And then I see myself retiring to be a full-time like sage, witch mentor in the Bruja's tomb, because there's just too much, too much falsehoods out there. Yeah. And I need to clear it all up and <laughs> enlighten all these people. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Alexa. This was really amazing. You're a fantastic storyteller. <laughs> thank um, you. Sorry that and- there was a lot of them. No, no, I love it. And also, I know that there's so many more because I do follow your um, social media. And so I want you to plug that right now so that the audience can tune in and check out all of the other amazing stories that you do have. Check out my Instagram is at the Bruja's Tomb, spelled T-H-E-B-R-U-J-A-S-T-O-M-B. It is the Spanish word for witch, in case you're asking what that is. Awesome. Okay, and I'm going to put all of that in the description. Um, Again, thank you, Alexa. This was really awesome. And thank you all for listening. And we will see you next time on the Inner Calling Podcast. Of course. Have a good one. Bye.